0: Hi there, welcome to episode four of This Is Lit, a podcast where we'll be discussing all things literature. My name is Emily, and joining me today is Prue Baker. Hello, Prue. Hello, Emily. And Sean Clark. Hi, Sean.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> 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 I'm good too, in case you yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. okay. <laughs> um so yeah, last week we um gave a bit of an overview of the Australian play The Seven Stages of Grieving by Wesley Enoch and Deborah Melman. Today we're going to continue talking about that same text, but we're moving on to discussing some of the characters from the play. So, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I found it to be quite an interesting text as, like, there's only really one character in the actual play and the rest we only know about through what the woman says about them,
2: mm. which
0: it actually isn't that much. So, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting chat today. Mm, um, I reckon. Yeah. And mm. with all that being be said, Prue is going to kick things off by telling us about the character of the woman as well as some of her other family members.
2: All right, just to clarify, that's the woman's family members, not myself. Um so, uh, <laughs> thanks for that disclaimer. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> um so the woman, uh, she's the main character, she's the only character that we hear from. Um, she's an indigenous woman of Murray heritage, and she tells us the audience stories from her own experience. But also stories from other people, um, usually those close to her, like her father, or her grandmother, or brother. um but then also stories of other indigenous people like Dan, um, Daniel York. So everything in the play is from her perspective, um, and she injects her feelings and emotions into all the stories and perspectives that she um, tells us. Um I'm also I'll just do a little brief run through of the grandmother as well. so another character that features, um, in the play um so the grandmother is the woman's grandmother um she the woman's describing her grandmother's funeral so even at the beginning of the play the grandmother um is dead um but we get the impression from the woman um that the grandmother is she's an extremely important part of the community and really beloved as well um so important i think because of all the knowledge um Uh, that she holds about their heritage and the tradition and the culture, Um, but we also see that she's really loved because over 400 people come to her funeral. Um, And the father as well, Um, so it's a short scene. Um, So we know that he is, I wrote 47, I'm just double-checking that he is 47. No, 48. I don't know where I got that number from. Um oh, so he's so 48. Good <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry guys. Um, um, so he's forty-eight. Um, but the woman, he's in and out of hospital and the woman is um, so he's still alive, but the woman is starting to grieve his death already. Um so he yeah, he's as I said, he's in and out of hospital, but we're not really told why or what's happening. Um, but I think his character and the inclusion um in his inclusion in this in the play explores the short life expectancy of Indigenous people. Um and I did look it up the indigenous for Indigenous males around this time, so about 1995, their life expectancy was fifty seven years old. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. That's shocking. So, yeah. Anyway. Mm. Pass
1: it over to you, Sharon. All righty. So I had Auntie Grace, uh, the no, sorry. Yeah, Auntie Grace, Daniel Yock, and the brother. Uh, So I'm actually going to start off with Auntie Grace because I found her to be a really interesting character. Auntie Grace is exactly like what you would expect. She is the Aboriginal woman's aunt who moved to England long ago after marrying an Englishman. Basically, during the play, uh, it's, it's described to the audience that she has not seen her family in years, uh, and she is one of the only uh, members of the woman's family whose photograph has ended up in this suitcase before her death. It's really interesting to note as well, so I did a little bit of extra research, and Auntie Grace uh, actually appears in another play created by Wesley Enoch called Hot Iron Corrugated Sky. And it's really interesting because I did a little bit of reading about it and I'm not sure, do you guys obviously remember when we did the creative part of our um, Year 12 unit and we encouraged our students to do lots of uh, filling in the gaps and narrative silences? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this kind of fills in a bit of a silence. Uh, that Wesley and Mailman has, have created for Auntie Grace. So I just thought it was really interesting. So if you guys look that up, Hot Iron, Corrugated Sky, uh, you will actually find that uh, Wesley Enoch, uh, who wrote it, uh, yeah, she appears as a character in that. So it's really, really is this, interesting.
0: Sorry to butt in. Is this um, after or before the seven stages of grieving? Um, this is before. Oh, okay yeah cool right. yeah yeah I, I
1: found it really, really interesting that the fact that like, I don't know, I feel like playwrights don't really create like uh narrative gaps for these uh characters mm. that we don't really hear much about. so I just thought there would be a, new, a little bit of interesting uh, information an interesting tidbit. um it was also really interesting as well because with auntie Grace's story, the woman, the Aboriginal woman uh, describes that while Auntie Grace is still alive, she's actually dead to her family because she has betrayed them by moving away and the woman the aboriginal woman claims that you know moving away is this pain that she feels almost every day Moving along, uh, we also had Daniel Yock. Uh, So it's really important to note as well, guys, that uh, Daniel Yock was a real-life Aboriginal dancer who died in police custody in 1993 after being racially profiled and arrested by Brisbane police while out drinking with friends. Um, It's really interesting to note as well, I had a little uh, research, Uh, some of the... um, Newspaper articles from the time, uh, basically like there's this one that I've got in front of me and it's saying like thousands to march in frustration over continuing deaths in custody. It's really important to note that Daniel Yock, his star was on, you know, the ascension. Is that the correct terminology? Is that the correct word? Ascent? I don't know. Um, And it's really interesting because this death uh, in the Aboriginal community was felt really, really, really uh, badly uh, he was a very popular member of the Waka Waka Aboriginal dance troupe. Uh, he had obviously tons and tons of friends. And it's really interesting to note as well that he was going to go over to Germany to perform in there as well. And he was, and he died at the tender age of 18. Uh, mm. So, again, it's really, it's really really sad when you just do, like, that little bit of extra research into these characters that are described in, in the show. Um, and it was also really interesting as well because Jock's death um, and the way that the aboriginal woman kind of performs her uh, like performs her like monologue um within the show it shows like the australia the white australian's public indifference to it like it there was like very it, they, they were pretty apathetic uh towards it um and yeah they just they didn't it's almost like they didn't really care the way that uh it was written in the show which i think is obviously probably reflective of how the white australians felt at that time. Um, the last character I have as well is the woman's brother. Um, so the woman's brother, like uh, Prue said before, is much like the father. It's only mentioned really briefly. Uh, and he is at just 21, a young, healthy man. However, then he gets in trouble with, you know, racist police officers. He resists arrest. Um, in the play it says, you know, he he fronts up to court. He doesn't have the money. He doesn't really have anything And he, like, the woman basically uses her brother's story um, to illustrate how racially, how structurally racist systems create Indigenous, you know, suffering among the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. Um, And I also found, like, a really good quote um, about, like, the really problematic cycles that these characters all go through. Um, and it says, you know, no matter how clean we keep, we keep our clothes, no matter how tidy we keep our house, or how well we speak their language, how promptly we pay our bills, how hard we work, how often we pray, no matter how much we smile and nod, we are black and we are here, and that will never change. And I just thought that was really important to note as well, um, because I think through the, throughout the entire play, I think all the characters, nothing that they could have done would have like nothing that they could have done would have helped their situation at all because, like, it's very aptly, you know, said we are black and we are here and that will never change. And so, therefore, you know, racism will sadly always exist. Um, so, yeah, I felt that was a very, it's a sad uh, character insight there. But, yeah.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Very insightful, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I really actually like that they used a real-life example with that story of Daniel York. But yeah. I think it makes it all the more powerful to be like, yep, no, this actually happened. We're not just, you know making up a story about it it, it's Mm. real Mm. super super powerful I really liked it it's interesting
2: Mm. to know that he he was I guess he was well known um Mm. yeah and like whether like how many stories like that go under the radar because they're not Mm. um you know uh well known within their community or um that sort of thing so yeah
0: yeah it is interesting (laughs) yeah I don't know yeah absolutely
1: it's like um, his story reminds me like I know we were talking the other week about George Floyd Um, it also reminds me about the Breonna Taylor story as well Um, it actually I feel like the Breonna Taylor story resonates more sort of there's more parallels with that um, because there was less uh, well now obviously people are uh, protesting about it but um, I feel like obviously at the time with what happened to Breonna Taylor there was almost like There was, like, very little public, you know,
0: outrage to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, (laughs) cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. So moving on to our four focus questions for the week, guys. Question number one from Prue is, do you think Enoch and Malman intended for the audience to develop an emotional connection to the woman?
1: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. I also uh, and hey, you've done. <laughs> yeah. And question. next question. <laughs>
0: We're all dead yet. Yeah. You see, <laughs> I I think that like kind of, but also not really. Like <gasps> I know I what? feel really. I know I know you're gonna all condemn me. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like as a character, like I don't really feel like. A personal connection to her, because I know she's just trying to like represent like the whole of the indigenous community and their issues. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. yeah. like
1: so you merely you merely think that she is a spokesperson for the Aboriginal community and not a, a member of the ad- Aboriginal community herself. <laughs> is that what you're saying? No,
0: like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I should have just said yes. Just you two. just said yes. <laughs> Like, no, I <laughs> love it. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I, of course, I, like, feel a lot of sympathy for her and, like, I feel really sorry for her for, like, you know, going through everything she's going through and having all that grief. But, like, yeah, as a character, I don't don't really have a connection to her as a character, I guess.
2: Yeah, I don't know I how think, to explain um, it. No, I think I get what you're talking about, Em. Like, um, mm. I think one obvious thing they did, so that they don't um, personify her or like give her any, like characterize her in any depth is like not give her a name.
1: Um, yeah.
2: So I think we tend to perhaps um, develop, we develop this emotional connection with what she's going through or her experiences and possibly not just not herself.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you Yeah. Say? Like, I think you that up well. <laughs> Shun disagrees, <Yeah>. but yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I respectfully disagree. Um, no, the, okay, so the reason why I think uh, Enoch and Mailman have decided, I think I think the audience does develop a, uh, and, and uh, the, the, like, I think they do intend the audience to develop an emotional connection to this woman, and the reason why, and I, I get what you're saying, M, about, like, oh, like, I don't know, when I read her, when I read the play the first time and I was reading this Aboriginal woman's character, I was like, gee, she's blunt, like, God, and she's just, I don't know, and she just, and you're right, like, she isn't really personable and she isn't really, you know, uh, like... It, it, people who are personable typically and like when audience members like you know characters and stuff like that and when students like the characters that they're reading um these characters tend to be really funny and they have lots of really good one-liners and blah 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 but really all that all the Aboriginal woman is doing is obviously r- describing and retelling all these horrible things that have happened to her and then it wasn't until like maybe the third time that I read the play when I think at the end she just goes oh, I'm trying to find the page um and she's just saying oh what does she say sorry guys she says something about how she's numb and how she just feels nothing and she's like oh, I fear I fear my heart has hardened um you know during all of this and I feel like as as soon as she says that line I feel like the audience and and students and people are like will read that and go oh that's the way that she she's the way that she is because of mm. everybody and how they have like have like everybody's made her the way that she is. Does that make sense? All the terrible things yeah. that has happened. That's mm-hmm. why she's this person. And then I feel like that kind of made me develop, you know, an emotional uh, connection to this woman because I f- I felt so empathetic towards her and so you know I've I've obviously never felt like obviously she has, um, but I definitely felt. Empathy towards her because you know of all the terrible things that have ha- have happened to her. Uh, of course, it's going mm. to leave her like a shell of a human.
2: Yeah, for sure. Does that yeah. make sense. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think uh, it's yeah. a different. I think it's a different thing of saying like, I, um, are we supposed to like her? I don't think they're even trying. That's not even. They're not even. They don't care about whether we like this woman or not. It's whether we feel empathy for her and what she has gone through. Um. Mm. But then we feel. I don't think we're supposed to feel just for that one person, and we're supposed to feel empathy um, for and anger and all of this stuff um, and sadness for her whole her family and her community Mm. um, and however wide that branches out. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Um, good. Yeah, I don't think we're supposed to like whether we like her or not or relate to her, isn't really doesn't really matter you know like you don't reckon what do i don't mean? I feel like i feel like it doesn't matter I, I, like
1: i understand what you're saying i feel like but uh, yeah i don't know i just think yeah i
0: don't know words i don't know i agree with what both of you're saying you are saying <laughs> and like yeah. it concerns me that i don't feel like more of a, like a connection to her because normally i'm like i would be like yes i feel really sorry for like you know most of the characters i've seen movies and stuff but yeah for some reason i yeah i don't know I'm going to stop talking. I don't know what I'm saying. I
2: love it. Have you guys <laughs> question us, two. Well, wait, Yeah, we're going to question two. but have you guys
1: realised, like, it's just me and Prue just arguing and now Emily's, like, the go-between? Like, all right, <laughs> I'll just agree with everybody. What? Let's all agree with anyone. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: I'm kidding. I am kidding. both of your sides.
1: Guys, can we all just have fun? Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I'll call it now. This is going to be the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> We've all just, yeah. We've no. disbanded. Yeah. We're going to <laughs> counselling.
1: We're gonna all start our own podcasts,
0: yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Anyway,
1: okay, Okay. all right,
0: moving on. Um, so question number two this was Sean's question. Um, what What problematic cycles do the the characters get stuck in during the play? Why do you think Enoch and Malman decided to have the other characters demonstrate the other issues that affect Aboriginals? Mm. This
1: one's easy. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Well, I guess instantly the first cycle that came to mind was like the cycle that the brother gets caught in with how he like gets in trouble with the law, causes a lot of embarrassment for him. Um, He ends up, yeah, losing his job or just, I think he actually, it says he chucked it in or something. I don't remember the exact words. Um, Mm,
1: I'll try to find
0: it. Yeah. yeah, Then he has financial difficulties. He um, can't keep his diary, so he can't get the doll. He developed a drinking problem and it all just, the cycle, like, continues. Oh, yeah, so yeah. that Chuck- was, yeah. Yeah,
1: chucked in his job, couldn't get the yeah. doll, couldn't pay his fine, had to front court. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So, yeah, that's probably the, like, the, the real obvious one that came to mind straight away. Mm-hmm. Um. Prue, did you have any others that?
2: Um. Sort of... All right, this one's a bit abstract, but I, I had, love it. Um, the cycles of anger and grieving, Ooh. um, yeah, and how that can just go around, spiral around, um, yeah, the fact that we see and we've talked about this, I think the like, you know, grieving or this like the list on the back of the of the play seems quite linear, mm. quite like this is steps, mm. um, but we know that it kind of it's all just mess or a circle. Mm. Yeah, and that it's
0: always like I think grief is something that like will always be with you as well. Like it's not something that just like okay, I'm over it now. I'm gonna be fine forever now. Like I saw a really
1: good uh, image online a couple of days ago or maybe a week ago, and it was like grief, like uh, uh, like pictured in like three slides, and it was like the first slide was like this obviously this human, and grief was like this huge you know almost like big bag the big bulging bag like that they're lifting up mm. behind them and then the next mm. slide over was like um it was like a slightly smaller bag like not slightly smaller like maybe half the size and they were holding it um and they weren't like straining under the weight of it and then the last slide or the last picture or whatever image was like grief was like a necklace around their neck and it was mm. quite small and easy to like uh, carry around, does that make sense? So I thought that was yeah. a really interesting uh like piece of imagery to do with grief. Um, so yeah, no, sorry for interjecting, but yeah.
0: <laughs> no. No, that's cool.
1: It was a
2: really good description of something. yeah, um, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I, I think it was just like I think I came up with that when it says, like "Get stuck in." um mm. feel like the characters um really got stuck within their grief and um, their anger as well and, um, mm. yeah, they didn't just.
1: Sean. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I don't know, so some other like cycles that I found the characters were getting sort of stuck in was obviously the grandmother and her distrust of the government and she was passing that, that distrust mm. um, ever so rightly, uh, I might add, on to the government because because obviously, as she knows, the government has like, you know, you, she couldn't trust the government or as she called it, the government, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, they always did the wrong thing to the Aboriginals. So she was kind of passing on that problematic, you know, distrust to, to the government, to her um, children and to her um, grandchildren and stuff like that. Um, which I found that really interesting. Um, another cycle as well, another problematic cycle that I um, found that other characters demonstrated was obviously the cycle of like alcoholism <clears throat> and also the cycle of poverty. um and just I just found it really interesting because uh, a lot of the characters within the play suffer from multiple, like multiple problematic cycles. um some represent all of them. Um so yeah, so, mm. I don't know, I just found it really interesting. And I think Enoch and Mailman decided to have these other characters demonstrate these other issues that affect Aboriginals to show just how widespread and how, um, you know, devastating the effects of, you know, the poverty cycle, alcoholism, um, distrust of the government, how how much that can affect uh, these characters Mm. and, and how their lives end up turning to be out like. Does that make sense? What I'm yeah.
0: Saying? What saying? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I think another yeah. one. Um. There's that woman that like is just in that cycle of like searching for her family by going to funerals because oh she doesn't god. know her family. So like she that hopes that maybe she knows me. them. Yeah, yeah. Same. Oh that was, my yeah.
1: god. I was so sad. <laughs> <I> was <laughs> like, yeah.
0: It's Alrighty. really awful.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't even so think I guess of that. that fits
0: into like the the grief one because I think there's that line where she's like, Oh, if, if they're not, then I get to have a cry anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then, I guess, yeah, that cycle of, like, trying to find where you belong as well because of, obviously, the removal yeah. of um, children from their families and that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah,
2: and that's just yeah. so awful. Oh. And mm. I guess through her, we kind of see her grieving, but it just, it doesn't feel like she's ever gets any kind of closure. Um,
1: yeah.
2: Or there's no end to her grief. Like, she will just keep doing that.
1: Mm like she's um sorry looking at the back of my book now. Uh it's got like the five stages of dying or grieving, etc. She it seems like maybe that woman's just constantly stuck in the isolation phase cuz like mm. she can't seem to she, she can't seem to find anybody. And so I feel like she's stuck there. Mm. Mm, I don't it. know. Yeah. It's okay. a sad play. <laughs> yeah. Friends of <laughs> mine is. who have, like listen to the podcast, they're like, "Oh my god, Sean, this is so sad." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> It
0: is. But I I think it's important
1: that we learn about it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, Looking at question three, this is my question to you guys. Do you think the fact that we don't actually hear from any character other than the woman affects our ability to empathise with those that she is talking about?
1: I feel like... So similar to the first question. Mm,
0: yeah, it is.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It's okay. I was just like, oh, this sounds like the other question. Um, I don't know, Prue, you,
2: you you go. I feel like I'm,
1: I keep taking over. <laughs> Sorry. Um,
2: I think like uh I guess I don't I think it would have helped us empathize with the characters um and you know everything that she is talking about. Definitely like I think um it wouldn't have done any harm in that sense. Um but then again, like it wouldn't fit into that um, monodrama mm-hmm. sort of structure of the play. So perhaps that's what they were going through if they were trying to reflect, um, you know, traditional storytelling um, where only one person is telling the story and that's how we learn um, and how we gain knowledge um, about other things. Uh, one person tells a story, um, which, you know, so reflecting that traditional aspect of Indigenous culture. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, but like, yeah, if we wanted to build empathy, like if we want to build empathy towards things, we need like faces. Like if we see a face that's getting affected by an issue, I think it's a natural response to feel sorry for Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, almost like we will feel stronger. Um, yeah. So, um, but I don't know, like, um, perhaps we. Aren't supposed to focus, like it comes back to that one character, like you know, the character sort of thing. Perhaps we're not supposed to focus on that specific character, um, yeah, but what they represent, um, yeah. So
0: it's more about like the collective than the individual,
2: mm. yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, so we're not if we were given faces, then we would put we would associate that issue or that experience with that particular face rather yeah. than you know, a yeah, a collective experience, yeah, um. I suppose
0: yeah.
1: this, yeah, sorry to interject here, but maybe that this is a good point for why um, it's not always <clears throat> good to study a play uh, in English without seeing it performed. Oh. Um, because, here we go, here we go. No, no, I'm <laughs> green, I'm agreeing, I'm agreeing, I'm green. Um, Because oh, no, in, in the, yeah, note it down, note it down. Um, <laughs> in, this is getting in, recorded, Char, yeah. just soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh In the play, obviously, Uh, If we have a look, you know, scene five, I think it says photograph story projected Mm -hmm. are images of an open suitcase filled with family photographs old and new. The progression of slides brings us closer to the details of the photographs. And then obviously in our plays, you know, these pictures have been uh, printed for us so we can see them. And I think that helps us um sort of empathize with those characters that we're taught that she, that the woman is talking about because it does put a face to the name. However, mm. I agree I think you know obviously it would be more powerful to have another actor or actress on stage, perhaps um, acting these uh, specific parts out and stuff like that. Uh, but I think kind of with that whole monodrama like you know, trying to have that one woman show, I think it's Enoch and mailman, uh, trying to get you, get us to empathise with these characters and, you know, have this one woman show and then obviously put the, the, the face to the name or whatever. Um, but I think this is the part where it, it affects the student's ability to effectively study a play because, like, like you said last week, you know, it is just one, one woman on stage and, like, we haven't seen it yet. Does that make sense, what I'm saying whatsoever?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I agree. um so yeah,
1: I yeah, so I have to agree with uh, Prue on uh, yesterday uh, not yesterday's last week's uh, little chat. I think obviously, yeah, it does affect it. Um, Thank I haven't held I haven't held any grudges at all. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I think I think maybe like the photograph story and and projecting these images up in the performance area um attempts to, you know put that face to those names. But, yeah, I think obviously, having, An actor or actress be those characters would be
0: more powerful. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, we're all all in agreement on that one, I think. So that's oh my god, maybe we won't be going (laughs) our separate ways. (laughs) Maybe not. We'll see. We'll see how the next ten or so minutes plays out. Yeah,
1: yeah, true, 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 true.
0: All right. Um, So last question. Um, All right. So do you think the gender of the main character being the woman? was a deliberate choice would it change things if her character was a man
1: i love this question
0: yeah i thought it was really interesting i really had to think about it and i'm scared of my answer (laughs) Go, go, go! so i don't know for me at least i think that um it might have been deliberate like similar to what we spoke about in the longest memory um it might have been deliberate to have her character as a woman so that they could give like another group that's been marginalized throughout history a voice so, um, yeah. yeah, so I, I agreed that, yeah, probably is deliberate, but then for the second half about would it change things if her character was a male, um, for me I don't think it actually would have made a difference, which kind of loops back to like what I was saying in my the first question, that like because we're not really meant to develop that much of a connection to her character per se, like, you know, it's more about the story she's telling about the Aboriginal experience that like if it was a man telling the stories instead of a woman, I don't think it really would have changed like either my view of the play or like the meaning that I got out of it. So yeah. What are your thoughts?
2: Um, yeah, I had I had basically that as well. Em. Um mm-hmm. yeah, the the fact that women are usually the oppressed um in stories. Um mm-hmm. so I kind of liked, um, and this question kind of made me think that. <clears throat> but um yeah, I kind of like that in this play, it's her and it's a woman that's been given the voice um, where, yeah, so I think that was, if that was a deliberate choice for that reason, that's kind of nice. Um, and I think also, I don't know, um, you can disagree with this and that's fine, um, but, like, she seems like a very, like, observant person or, like, <clears throat> an observer. Mm. Sorry, my voice mm. is going. Um and perhaps that's, like, more stereotypically traditionally a role for women. Um, so she takes in what's happening around her um, and she observes the many injustices that have happened to her or her family um, and to the wider community. Um, and she's able to tell that. Um, mm. But I don't know whether, yeah, I don't know. That was just another thought that I had. Could be wrong. Mm. Um. And I also thought perhaps maybe when they were writing it, they just made it for Deborah Malman. Yeah, so that was my point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, sorry to interject, Um, but obviously uh, Wesley Enoch uh, was the director and he also co-authored it. And then obviously you have Deborah Malman, Um, who was the co-author and the actress. Um, So Seven Stages of... Sorry, I'll start again. The Seven Stages of Grieving uh, basically uh, was a workshop performance originally with like a 25-minute version showing like uh, certain scenes. Obviously, this is a 60-minute performance. Um, And Enoch and Deborah Malman uh, workshopped this for years and years and years before. Obviously, now it's became, you know, the one-hour play that we know of Seven Stages of Grieving. Uh, and I, I believe, personally, like, I think they they did it, they, they, you know, workshopped it, workshopped it they wrote and rewrote, they edited, they wrote whole new sections. Um, and then, obviously, this got picked up by a uh, theatre company to obviously perform. Um, but it's really interesting because I think it was very deliberately done for a woman. I think I reckon when Wesley and... Uh, Wesley Enoch and Deborah mailman were workshopping this I think they very deliberately made that whole creative choice that yes it will be a woman that will deliver this um, because Deborah mailman <clears throat> obviously she's a brilliant actress but uh, maybe if they felt that it, the, the story would be told better by by a man or you know would have different meaning and stuff like that that she uh, actually commented and said like I would she she would stand aside um, but Enoch and mailmen were in agreement that it would be more powerful to deliver it from like uh, a woman's point of view and a woman's perspective um, to get like another feeling of uh, oppression to be discussed. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah very yeah. very informative answer. Thank you. Yeah. Well, no worries. Yeah. Well, I can't I, argue I just, with that one.
1: No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it was good.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> Pressure it. Mm.
0: Pressure it. Mm. Alright. Cool. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our final segment of the day, guys. We have a little game for you, which is called Um Actually. And <laughs> it is gonna be hosted by Sean Clark. So <laughs> Take it away, Sean. I love the way that you introduce me, and it's, it's just so good. The listeners, <laughs> listeners have
1: commented and said, "Wow, she really must hate you." I'm like, "Yeah, she probably does." <laughs> All right, so this game is called. Um, actually, uh, basically, I will say a statement, and you guys have to be like, "No, that's wrong," and then correct me. Everything that I say, um, yeah, think about what I've said, and then yeah, just basically have to correct me. And as you know, fellow teachers. You love correcting people, so <laughs> especially me. So you should be fine with this game. Oh, yeah, um, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rude. Um, so I'm going to say a statement. Um, something's going to be wrong, and then yeah, obviously you have to correct me. I will only be saying one sort of wrong thing in the paragraph. There won't be more than one wrong thing. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, you guys ready? Ready. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Um, question one. The play Seven Stages of Grieving is divided into 21 scenes. Each scene, each scene can be seen to relate to either the seven phases of Aboriginal history or the five stages of dying. The seven phases, phases of Aboriginal history are dreaming, invasion, genocide, protection, assimilation, self-determination, and reconciliation. The five stages of dying are denial and isolation, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance.
2: Oh, and you guys have to buzz in with your names. Oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> Pro, yes. Um actually, Sean, the play is 24 scenes. Ooh. Not 21. Oh, that is correct.
0: Um, and can I also buzz in and say, yes. um, actually, the title oh, of the play is The Seven Stages of Grieving. <laughs> and and did you and, and hang on. Did you say that it's the five stages of dying? Yes. Isn't it the five stages of grief?
2: Oh, no, no. No, Sorry. it says no. five stages
0: of dying on the book, guys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you yeah. go. So I'm
2: just very unobservant. Misleading title because.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, I'm going to go yep, now. All right. <laughs> okay. So, all right. I'm going to award Prue one point. Emily, you get half a point.
0: Oh, half marks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Question two. You guys <laughs> well, ready? Man. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Um, Question two, the play also deals with a character named Auntie Grace. Auntie Grace is the woman's aunt. Auntie Grace, who moved to England long ago after marrying an Englishman, has not seen her family in years. The Aboriginal woman pulls her photo out of a grave and describes the absence left by her aunt is still felt by that day.
2: Prue? Yes? Um, Actually, I'm not sure if she pulls a photo out of a grave. <gasps> yes. What does she pull a photo
1: of? <laughs> Where does she um, come on guys? So technically. To oh Emily, Emily. Can I take over, do- Emily? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Emily, yeah. you can buzz oh, in and steal it.
0: Alright, cool. Um she pulls it out what? of the suitcase. <gasps> Boom! Emily, one yeah. point to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too slow, crew. Too slow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, if you don't get quick enough, then I have to, you know, you can have that point stolen. <clears throat> okay.
2: I wasn't, I wasn't aware that I had to have the, the right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You okay, tell somebody who <laughs> cares.
1: <laughs> All right, you guys ready?
2: Yep. Question oh.
1: three. <laughs> Shut up, Bruce. Question three. <laughs> in scene 14, the woman recounts her experiences at an Aboriginal protest march in Mulgrave Park in Brisbane. Brisbane, rather. Margaret Park has its own Aboriginal tent embassy and has been the site of several protest marches over Indigenous sovereignty. In this instance, the woman recalls how as a family they had silently marched out, but the media had reported in, the in-, in this instance as being defiant and traffic stopping.
2: Uh, Prue. Yes. Um, actually, I think you'll find that's scene 13 um, and the... March that you're referring to is, oh my god, I just hate this, 15. Yes, <laughs> that is not the answer that I was
1: looking for. <laughs> no, uh,
0: scene, <laughs> scene 15, isn't it? <laughs> yes, no, no, that is correct. Yeah. Scene 15, That's yeah. not the answer, hmm. so that's not oh. the answer I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Emily, I'll take over. Is yeah. Is it that there was no additional... <laughs>
1: I had that right. That's, yeah, don't but that's, that's not my
0: mistake. <laughs> that's, not,
1: that's not my mistake. Emily, go steal the point.
0: Um, whose mistake is it? <laughs> um, I don't actually know if I'm right here, but is it that there's no Aboriginal tent embassy in Malgrave Park?
1: Babal, try again. Oh, uh, you're both.
0: I mean, you're both. You're wrong,
1: Emily, what? but. Oh, okay. I don't know then. The scene number oh, was, was not what I was looking for. Okay. Try
0: again. Oh, well, oh, is Musgrave Park in Sydney instead in Brisbane? No. You're uh, so close. You're uh, so close. I don't know. I'm buzzing out on this one. I've already uh, gotten two things wrong. <laughs> <Just> giving up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Think about you know, the name.
1: Think about the name, guys.
2: It's Musgrave Park.
1: Thank you. But sure you didn't buzz Musgrave in, Park. so you
2: need to buzz in. in True. That- yes. And it's Musgrave Park. I'm Very actually, it's Musgrave Park.
0: There you go. <laughs> oh my god, points. I'm
2: sweating.
1: <laughs> all right, mm-hmm. that's my game, Pru. You win.
0: Yeah, good job, Pru. Thank you. Yeah, well
1: done, everyone. Well done. I'm really sorry. I I preface that with like, there's only one mistake. Proceeds to make multiple mistakes. You Isn't should have her? said
0: that because then you would have gotten away with it too. You'd have been like, yes, this is all deliberate. I yep, know. And now this be. is all
1: recorded, and now that everyone can be like, oh, look at Shane being an idiot. <laughs>
0: probably (laughs) yeah anyway that's all for today guys thank you so much for listening um next week we'll be continuing to talk about the seven stages of grieving and we're going to be chatting about themes so hope to see you all again next week thanks again Bye. bye
1: bye see you
2: bye